0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon, and we are approaching the middle of 2023. It's hard to believe, but we thought this would be a really great time to check in. There's a good chance you might be off track with some of your goals. We want to talk a little bit about what it means to recognize why you're off track and what can we do to get back on track? Today in this episode is a special episode because it marks our 400th podcast. And I'm lucky to have one of our most experienced coaches and trainers on the podcast with us today. His name's John Schumacher. And John and I, we have a deep discussion about some of the root causes to why someone might end up off track. It's inevitable, we can get behind. But the important thing is that we don't give up on the process, that we recognize perhaps what caused us to get off track. What can we do to get back on track and just make progress over time? So if you like what you hear in this podcast and you wanna bring the principles and the tools behind the one thing to your everyday life to get back on track with your goals, we are running a special workshop each month. We call the one thing foundations and in this course, you can learn all of the tools and the systems and the processes that we believe in to get clear on what you want to accomplish, because we believe that purpose drives priority. And priority allows you to live a life of productivity towards the goals that you set. So if you want to learn how to discover your purpose, your values, to leverage that, to prioritize the things that you want to say yes to so that you can be productive towards achieving your goals, come check us out in The One Thing Foundations. Visit theonething.com. At checkout, you can enter promo code podcast for $100 off this special workshop. Now, let's take a moment, reflect, and think about what might be causing us to be off track, and what can we do to get back on track with our goals with John Schumacher. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the One Thing Podcast. We are lucky to have John Schumacher, as we call him, Shoes, joining us on the podcast today, and really fortunate to have him joining us. We have a special episode for you guys. It is officially our 400th episode, and John and I have Really interesting conversation in store for you, but before I jump in, I'm going to pass it to you, John, if you don't mind giving an introduction and your background for the listeners.
1: Terrific. Thanks, Chris. I'm happy to do that. I'm delighted to be here. Gosh, uh, I grew up in uh, Champaign, Illinois, home of the Fighting Illini, or not so fighting. Um, Graduated from school, didn't know what I wanted to do. My degree actually was in leisure studies. And that was probably appropriate at the time. Uh, I went into uh, a little bit of parks and recreation work, saw that my parents, who were in the real estate business, were making a lot of money and living a big life. I wanted that, too. Got married, uh, came back to Champaign, entered into a real estate career back in 1978. And during the next 45 years, I sold uh, sold some properties. I took over... uh, their firm converted it, uh, left and uh, took over a struggling large regional real estate company, which is really when I got the bug to, to go down the leadership path. Um, ended up going back to school. Uh, got my MBA because I wondered what it'd be like to actually go to class. And it was better. Um, studied organizational behavior. Um Became a business consultant, mostly working on the West Coast, uh, visiting some of the largest real estate companies on the planet, helping them with their uh, people, their numbers, their marketing. Uh, put together a couple of uh, uh, think tank groups where we, we brought some real estate broker owners together and common sized their financial statements and brought in some speakers and just helped advance that uh, those those people as a group of leaders then. Um, got a call out of the blue from this uh, upstart real estate, Keller Williams, who had um, been struggling in Chicago and uh, the mid-American region, which is the states of Illinois and Indiana. They had never hired someone as a regional director from outside. And for some reason, they took a chance on me. And so I uh, about 10 years ago, I came back and uh, got Keller Williams reinvigorated in Chicago. I opened an office there and uh, grew the region over a couple of uh, over a couple of states. We went from thirty first to first the last four years I was on the roll. Um, and during that time I became exposed because uh, uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papazian, because of their connection to Keller Williams Real Estate, I became uh, uh, exposed to the one thing. I read it seven or eight years ago, thought it wasn't bad. That but I knew most of that stuff. And for whatever reason, uh, I read it again a year later and uh, said to myself, holy crap, this book was written especially for me. And I applied the principles. That's when our region took off. That's when uh, my marriage with uh, Carol Stack really took off. Um, And uh, to, to, to to race to a shorter ending, a couple of years ago, I made the decision to step out of my corporate responsibilities with Keller Wims. It was time to return home. We moved all of our aging parents here, and um, I, I reconnected with a lot of things that mattered most to me, and uh, we're at that point where everything that we do is, for the most part, a choice and uh, have been spending the last couple of years doing what I love the most, which is coaching, training other coaches, um, and sharing uh, with other people The viability of the One Thing tools and and philosophy. So that's where I find myself at this point. And uh, happy to be here with you.
0: Thanks, Sean. Well, we're really lucky to have you as a part of the One Thing team and working with us as a a coach and a trainer yourself, but also you share much of your wisdom and experience with us and actually do some training for us internally, which has been very impactful. So lucky to have you and you're uh, wise beyond. Your, your years. <laughs> and uh, I recognize yeah. that I'm old and it's a labor of love. Oh no, it's, it's just perception. But thanks again for being on today. And we've got a really fun conversation, I think. And it's an appropriate time of year to have this conversation because we find ourselves here in May and we're approaching the middle of the year. And I think so many people can relate to feeling like, okay, I'm picking my head up and I'm looking at where I'm at with relation to the goals that perhaps I set at the beginning of the year, and I'm off track,
1: this is when we see the cracks appearing,
0: <laughs> yes, and it's I think it's relatable and it's common. you need to go long periods of time without checking in on your goals or even if you do. and you find yourself at this point now and you're in a couple of, of one of many different places, but it's either you're okay, I'm slightly off track or I might be significantly off track for a goal that I've set. and we thought it'd be great to just go through and start and it's like. What are some reasons why we end up end up off track in the first place first of all I
1: don't know anybody that's ever set any goals that didn't mean them or didn't intend to fulfill them and didn't have some emotion and sometimes that's the sometimes that's the issue the way that the, the goals themselves are set uh, I often see a, um, I call it an an emotional seizure right someone's like I am sick of being fat and I'm gonna run uh Ironman triathlon this year. This time I'm going to do something about it, or I'm tired of this debt or these bill collectors, or I want to get on stage or whatever it is. And uh, at the beginning of the year, people think the highest and best of themselves they are in that positive groove. It's a new year, a new me. This time I'm going to do it. But the way they set the goal A is based on emotion. Um, And secondly, it's probably set the way that they've always set those goals in the past which haven't worked in the past. That's why the overwhelming majority of people don't don't accomplish their goals is because they really don't set them with great intention, thought, or have a plan underlying them. And so we see this big uh, fissure of emotion, usually followed by some frenetic activity, and the whole thing is based on willpower, and it's not on will call. And whether it's days or weeks, certainly months, most people have let go and they've forgotten. And when they do take that first real glimpse, like right about now where they're at compared with where they intended to be, frankly, the gap is so large that the most common reaction is, forget it, I quit, I'll come back and do it again later when I'm even more ready and it doesn't
0: happen. Or we repeat that cycle. That's such a great point. You see this when, like, we talk about at the new year, when there's so much focus around setting goals, everybody's orienting themselves on what they want to accomplish in the new year. You called it the the emotional seizure, but you just, you're leveraging this momentum that's there, that's present in society and for you at that time of the year, and maybe pick something that you've wanted to focus on, but you're missing so much of that foundational accountability and process and, and tools and systems and things that will help you stay. In a relationship with your goals over time, so you're you're limited from the start, and almost like a, a failure to launch it with your goals specifically. And it's it seems to me like oftentimes it comes from just a lack of clarity in the beginning on what you want and what you need.
1: Most people that I've experienced uh, end up setting their goals based upon maybe a brief reflection back at the most recent time period. This is how many houses I sold last year, or this is how much money I made last year, or this was my, you know, physical status last year. I'm going to just add a little bit to it, right, and call that my my goal for, for next year. And um, there's really not much thought beyond that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's perhaps like a lack of specificity on like what you want to accomplish or like what you're saying is maybe some of the work wasn't done, that foundational work to think deeply enough about what you wanted and and why you want that. Well,
1: frankly, I didn't have a great process for setting goals. I'm a lifelong goal setter, not necessarily a lifelong goal achiever until I, uh, until Carol and I were exposed to the couples goal setting retreat that we happened to go to, five or six or seven, whenever that started, that's the first time that we've really had such an amazing structure, a process for going about this. And I think I think a lot of people um, need some kind of structure, usually different from, from what they've had in the past. Otherwise, they're just likely to repeat the exact same process and the exact same outcomes that they had before.
0: Yeah, I know one thing that I see... A lot of, and this comes up on the the personal goals more than we call it the professional. Is it in in business, oftentimes there's a force function that you need your goals to be a little bit more well-defined and they're deliberated amongst the team and debated. And there's some, some structure there to ensure that they're more smart or specific. But on the personal side, without all of that kind of force structure in place from just kind of a group accountability that exists inside of a business or an existing team, on the personal side, goals can tend to be a little bit less specific, not very well defined. And they're very vague or high level, or there's just not enough work put into saying specifically like, here is where I want to end up by the end of the year. And so when you think about why you might be off track, it's like perhaps you should invest enough time in getting clear on what is it exactly that you're looking to accomplish. Two thoughts come to
1: mind about that. Number one is um Sometimes there's not a lot of thought put into the why. Why is this goal important to me? And what will it really do for me? And so there's, if people want to use their emotions, one of the ways that they can um, use it most powerfully is is to create as clear and vivid a vision about what this goal is and what it represents. It's never about the numbers themselves. It's it's what, what lies on the other side of that. And the other thing is, specificity. When someone says, I want to be healthy, because there's not a specific destination there, it's kind of general. It's really difficult to tell how you've made progress to a non-specific goal. And without some evidence that you're making progress and that your plans are viable, most people will give up. If they feel like the, the plan that they have will take them where they want to go, and they're clear on that. A big part of the battle is already won.
0: Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is, Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. Their chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. What are some things that, that you do or that you've taken your, your coaching students through over the years to help them get that clarity or to help them just think a little bit more deeply in, about the why, like why set a goal in this area?
1: The process that was taught to me by Jay Papazan is exactly the process that I use with my coaching clients. It's the process that Carol and I use together. We call it goal setting to the now, It's the exact reverse of how most people set their goals. As I said, most people look backwards and say, that's what I did, so here's what I want to do going forward. Goal setting the now simply says, into components, we call them seven circles, seven different components of life. It it could be five, it could be 10, right? The the point here is to, to think specifically about the roles that you play in your life and ask yourself the question, if time and money weren't an object, what would perfect be? What would a perfect physical life for you, Chris Dixon, someday? And let's start with perfection and go ahead and seize that, claim that as our ultimate goal. And so we begin with an ideal state that's far enough out there that we don't color it by what might be possible or not possible. So this A gets people into possibility thinking. And then we become more specific by asking how we can put some goals around that area that in fact are as specific and measurable as possible. And usually you can quantify or at least give greater specificity to to any goal. And we simply work backwards from there, presuming that the goal of someday is that, in fact, target. We're going to then say, where do we need to be five years from now to be on target? And we'll begin establishing some benchmarks, breaking this process down. We'll do the same thing back to, well, then where do I need to be one year from now at the end of this year to be on track? And then we'll go smaller yet. And we ask ourselves at the beginning of each week, at the beginning of each month, where do I need to be? What are the benchmarks I need to hit at the end of this month to be on track? And finally, what are the things I need to do specifically, verbs, write, create, run? And we don't stop. We keep going. And in that way, we don't lose touch with our goals most people that set a goal in January this year have not visited them very frequently. And that's one of the reasons why there's a big gap. We're suggesting that a week is the largest time period that ought to go by between visiting the things that we said mattered most to us and the plans we set for accomplishing them. Mm-hmm.
0: You gotta have a system to to stay in communication with your goal, make adjustments on a regular basis. There's something that's, that's- always resonated with me. And I tried to paint this picture and it, I think it clicks more often than not, but it takes some time perhaps to really grasp what what it means. But there's this transition from like what you want to achieve to who you want to become. And I think there's something powerful in there when you're thinking about like, hey, why am I off track with the goal that I've set? Like, what, why am I in this place? Because to be able to solve for it, we need to recognize first why why we might be there. And perhaps you're not thinking about like the kind of person that you're wanting to become or the kind of person you actually need to become or the people you need to surround yourself by to even be in a place to earn the right to achieve the goals that you've set. And so it's, you're you're talking about this, the concept we believe in goal setting to the now, which is going out someday into the future and then working your way back to where do I want to be uh, in shorter intervals of time? Like where, would I, where do I need to be this year to be on track to that someday? And then there's something to go from there to also like, well, who do I need to become in the next year so that I can be on track for these goals that I set? And it's just to think there's something to that that we don't naturally go to that's very powerful when you're thinking about how you can change behaviors and the things you need to do uh, and say yes to more often to be back on track to the goals that you set for yourself.
1: You hit that one on the head. Um Many of the clients that I work with initially set for themselves—I would call them event goals. I want to complete an Ironman. I want to lower my golf handicap. I want to uh, become a millionaire. And when the goal's achieved, the habits that underlie it, um, the strategies the activities are for the most part, they're usually abandoned because I've done it. And yet when we think about our own evolution, the things that matter most to us, which are often on the personal side, there is no real summit. And those people that say that, you know, it's the, it's the journey, not the destination. I think with respect to goal setting are a hundred percent on. So The difference that I see more mature, experienced goal setters using our system, instead of claiming a goal such as run a marathon, they might set a goal that says, I want to become the kind of person that with a month's training could run a half marathon. I want, so it becomes more about, here's who I want to be or become, I want to be a very fit person as opposed to I want to do an event. Mm. And I think that's true in virtually all areas. It's subtle, but powerful.
0: Yeah. There's something about it that feels more like the the onus is put back on you. Like there's a mirror that you're looking in that the reflection, that mirror has to be the kind of person with this certain type of behaviors that could earn the right to achieve these different things. And without it sounding too catchy, it's just like, imagine like what are the, the characteristics of someone that would achieve this kind of goal? And like coming from that place, because then you create those behaviors, you surround yourself by the right type of people. You're, you're just, you're just shifting the lens to like, what do I need to become versus like, what is this place that I want to get to? Because you're not going to get there without starting with yourself first.
1: No. And, If you're trying to accomplish a goal that's actually not yours, that's not authentic, that's someone else's, or you don't understand or haven't made a connection with why it's important to you, uniquely you, you're not going to achieve it. You're going to feign commitment to it. And the minute a gap develops, you're going to abandon it. So if someone's setting a sales goal because they want to please a superior or they, you know, uh, perhaps a relationship goal, Uh, because they want to keep their relationship together. That's a
0: difficult, that's a difficult chore. That's it. You know, when you, without the depth of thought and, and commitment on this level we're discussing, without that depth, whenever things get really difficult is when that's gonna, it's gonna break. Like if you don't, if you're challenged and you're having to say no to things that you typically would have said yes to and have said yes to for a long time that are in conflict with your goal, if you don't have that depth you're going to fail in those moments and you really need to when you get pressure tested if you don't have that depth it's you're going to find that you're you're not successful and that's where over time we we tend to see ourselves get off track right we we've we've said no to things that we need to say yes to that are in alignment with our goals some of these things it's like ah you know maybe not this week or not that you know you just haven't rooted that commitment deep enough so that you can you know, pass the test when when things are difficult.
1: Well, very few goals are going to be met without obstacles. And it's hard to get through obstacles without something pulling you forward. Not pushing you forward, but pulling you forward. And I think that vividly held vision of who you can become is the most powerful magnet that I've seen in terms of goal motivation.
0: I think it's, it's okay to recognize that you're off track and it's okay to be off track. I'd say it's more common that you end up off track with a goal than you just always are on track and you're untested. And it's just, you're coasting ahead of the curve all the time that that's, that's very uncommon. It's more common that you're going to be off track. And the difference is, do you have the tools to recognize why and make the change?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think the first step is in fact, recognizing that there is a gap and exactly what it is. Um, I often see people when they're setting goals, again, they're they're back to the highest and best uh, thoughts about themselves. And there's a great tendency to take on too much or to apply too high of a priority to multiple goals. So one of the first things that we look at when there's a gap developing between a, a goal and where we're at wondering what priority this goal actually is taking compared to the others are we taking on too too many things you know we believe you know this that success is uh, sequential it's not simultaneous and the same person that says i want to run a marathon this year if they're also saying i'm going to homeschool my kids i'm going to go get my mba um and I am going to find a cure for cancer all this year. They're also setting themselves up on the front end for failure, right? So we have to take a look at what's reality. And then we've got to say, why is this, why is this happening? The typical first response I see, the minute people discover there's a gap, is like, well, let's change the goal. And that's not to say that you can't, but instead of being the first place we look to make an adjustment, I say it should be the last. That the goal is sacred. You you claimed it uh, thoughtfully and intentionally. You said to yourself and those important around you, "This matters to me." Mm. And I think I think the, the the more you can honor that, the more you honor yourself.
0: Yeah, you said something in there. I think it's a really common root cause for why you end up off track that from my experience, and it's, it's maybe becoming overwhelmed by everything or saying yes to too much or just getting distracted by everything else that life brings and not keeping your focus on the goal that you set enough that by the time you recognize you're off track, you feel so far off that you just You just give up on it or you'd say maybe next year, but there's something in there that I think you're, you're speaking to when it comes to distractions, saying yes to too much, and then overestimating what you can accomplish inside of a year.
1: And let's face it, life will insert itself. I I remember, uh, I remember three years ago bringing together, uh, 32 real estate office owners telling them, Hey, if this, uh, Disease from China, you know, comes over here and you might want to start thinking about some strategies for, for how you, you might work remotely. And two weeks later, all those offices were closed down and everyone was at home. You know, uh, that was a that was a major example. But life happens all the time and and we have to be able to make the distinction between distractions and actual uh, factors that that we need to pay attention to. You're right. Um, most people are um, they want it all fast.
0: Yeah. But the and reality, right, is that we'll it, have
1: a tendency to.
0: Yeah, yeah. The reality is that it's time on yeah. task over time, right? One thing at a time over time.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's why we often see these great big Short-term goals, uh, and if they don't have if they don't have viable plans underpinning them, people are going to bail out quicker and quicker. Yeah, um, and yet, uh, kind of where I'm at on on goal achievement. Wow, the role that momentum plays in goal achievement. Uh, I am now uh, a complete believer in thinking big. And acting small, when more typically what we see is thinking big and acting big. You know, I haven't been off the couch and I'm, you know, 200 pounds overweight and I'm going to start running uh, half an hour every day. You know, it's not going to happen. And so I find as people will, if the more they're willing to break down their activities to the smallest possible segments And simply keep going so that when they stop and look at small progress, they feel good about themselves. People who feel good about themselves achieve superior results, a a self-fulfilling golden upward spiral. So I am more interested in helping someone establish a positive momentum or trajectory toward their goals than the actual intensity of the things that they intend to do. And so I think it's more about that consistency than it is about the intensity.
0: Mm. Yeah, you you said momentum. I think there's something so important to recognize in there, especially if you're venturing into a new space. If you're trying to set a goal in an area of your life where maybe you don't have as much experience or like the distance that you're trying to cover is great, that it's going to take some time before you're gonna see the results of that effort. And it probably feels sometimes like you're you're failing, but it's just taking time to get the the momentum, to have the progress, to see the fruits of of your focus and your effort. And you you have to get past that curve. You have to get through the really slow build of the momentum when it starts rolling downhill. I think it's important to recognize that, especially when you see things like like health goals. I mean, this is true in everything, um, uh, but I feel like when it comes to that particular area, like physical or mental, just overall overall health, it's so easy to give up because you don't see the results for a long period of time, and the effort feels like it's it's not rewarded.
1: Yeah, and progress is almost never linear, right? It's, it's, you're not going to take your goal and divide it by 12 and, and have one twelfth of it accomplished. Usually, it's more difficult at the beginning. Most of our the success that we see in goal achievement looks more like a hockey stick, you know, flat, flat, and then we'll gain a critical momentum and it'll look like a, a vertical line. And, and, wow, how many people drop out right before we start the upward trend? Because they're not seeing a lot of positive momentum. That's one of the things that, you know, injecting some other or others into the equation can
0: do.
1: Um, we is so much more powerful than I.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially as you're
1: overcoming challenges.
0: Yeah. You, you mentioned, you're mentioning something I think that's probably at the root of the distinction between those that we see find success on with their goals and those that don't. And there's, and it's, it's accountability and it's creating different forms of accountability. And what does that look like for you and in, in, in your experience, Sean, like when you think about creating accountability, what are some different levels uh, that you can leverage to support you on your path towards achieving your goals?
1: Well, there's uh, a few things that people can do. First of all, they can stop and consider the term accountability itself and, and their relationship to it because... Um, a lot of people view accountability, regardless of how positively they might speak about it, their real view is that it's a heavy-handed boss, like mm-hmm. Zeus, looking over them, waiting for them to catch them to make a mistake so that thunderbolts can be hurled. And that admitting you know, that you need accountability or that uh, there's a gap um, is going to lead to punishment, shame, condemnation, right? We've got to make these environments, A, a safe space. And, and so one of the ways that we do that is that we view accountability as a positive thing, as a relationship that we invite someone else into. It's me saying, this is something that's really important to me and I need your help. And I'll do the same for you. Once we get, whether it's a, a personal partnership, uh, an organization. Once we get people into a spirit that this is a relationship that asking for help is actually strength, um, then we can move forward. The second thing is we have to recognize almost no one gets better on their own. I look at myself and whether it's my golf swing, my, uh, my leadership skills, um, my health, Um, I always need someone outside myself because A, the motivation is always very helpful. B, my perspective is very narrow. It's limited to my own experiences. I'm not even aware of my own personal biases. So having a different picture on this. And C, I can't see myself from outside. So what, what I might be feeling might not match up with reality. And um, so I've discovered that injecting someone else into the mix, whether that's a coach, a mentor, when I share something that's important with my wife, and it might be a little sheepish or maybe a little more transparent or deeper than I might normally go, that's when we grow. And that's when the burden of me keeping this little secret that I want to get better in an area. When I bring someone else in on that secret, and I receive uh, support, then it becomes powerful. There isn't an area of my life where that has not been the case.
0: So true, you know. And something else, you know, none of none of this works. Accountability, these tools, the process—if you don't believe that what you're trying to achieve is possible and actually commit from the inside to say like, Hey, I, I, I truly believe that this goal I've set for myself is achievable and I'm willing to make the commitment to get there. And what we find so often, and we're all guilty of it is we have some limiting beliefs in place that are keeping us from recognizing what's there. I mean, there's this story that you're looping and you're just not aware of it. You just don't know you have that story. And sometimes an accountability partner can really help surface that for you, which is which is something that adds more value to why that's important. But you have to recognize if if there is a limiting belief in place that is keeping you from like just truly like imagining yourself being successful, it's a non-starter. You're not gonna, you're not going to be able to make the commitments you need to and and ultimately get to where you need to go. So you you need to try to recognize if there is some limiting belief that's standing between you and this goal that you've set for yourself. And it, it could be, you have no idea where it comes from. It could be how you were raised, what your, your sphere of influence growing up. It could be the, the people you surround yourself by today. It could be some event that happened to you along the way that now you have this layer between you and, you know, what your potential is. And it's sometimes difficult, as we say, to see the label from inside the box and know that you have this. So accountability partners or groups or um, leveraging others, as you mentioned, can be a great way to help surface that. You just need to be open to the feedback.
1: We all have limiting beliefs. It's not even a question of might or, or might not, right? We we all have the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and about the world. We all have um, See what we believe, uh, rather than the rather than the other way around. And um, these these stories, these beliefs, are very ingrained in all of us. Um, they're powerful. They they've been um, installed at a time where we were very impressionable. Many of us uh, in our youth, and they've been ingrained and supported during the majority of our lifestyle. So it's very difficult to take different behavior or to even adopt different thinking than we have in the past without some help. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things, whether it's a, a coach or, or someone outside um, can say, hey, I'm looking at the same thing as you are, and here's what I'm seeing. Have you thought about this?
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's a statistic that I love to share, and it's from the National Institute of Science. And they say, on average, we generate about 50,000 thoughts per day. And of those 50,000, 40,000 of them repeat daily. So that's four-fifths of the thinking that you do is, is something that you repeat on a daily basis, which for me, that signals like how much of a story, you just tend to repetitively tell, you know, four fifths of your, of your brain's energy is repeating something daily, which um, there's benefit to, but the trade-off of that is there's going to be something looping in there that you're not aware of. And I'll say from my own experience as a, as a coach and a trainer, it, it comes up in almost every conversation that I have with someone when they're challenged about the goals that they set, there is something there that is a story that they're telling from whatever, for whatever reason, whatever experience that, if you unpack is, is just limiting and it's something that's like self-created or environmental or, or whatever it is. And it's just so important to bring awareness to it. And if you, it's interesting, it's a good way to tell that you might be tapping into something if you immediately have a defensive response to <laughs> what, what you're unpacking. That's right. It's a good signal that you might be, you might be tapping on the right thing and there's, there's something to unpack.
1: One of the most common stories that I see is the belief that something is possible for someone else, just not me. They're special, I'm not. There's special circumstances they have that I don't have. And you can see reason after reason after reason after rationale why it's not possible, you know, for me. So if I commit to a goal that I don't believe I'm worthy or capable of, I will sabotage myself to
0: stay in my comfort level. So we, we recognize, as we're saying that the, the first step in this is maybe, maybe you're a little bit off track. Maybe you're significantly off track for some goals that you set. You're, you're kind of hanging on the edge of motivation and it's it's not too late. Like you, you can get back on track. You can make progress. We just, we're just saying first, let's recognize some reasons why you might have gotten off track in the first place. And it just to summarize one, maybe you had some. A lack of clarity when you are setting goals in the first place. Maybe you weren't defined well enough. Perhaps as she's recommended, you could do some additional work to dig deeper on like why you're setting a goal. What does that really mean to you? Uh, you know, if you had a, an emotional response at the beginning of the year, did you have a system in place that could help keep you on track? And part of that might have been over time. You know, life changed. Priorities shifted. Maybe things came up and and it's important to recognize that those priorities have changed or things have shifted and stay committed to the process, right? If you have to reimagine what a goal is, we say that you shouldn't default to changing your goal. It should tend to be the immovable object, but you can't deny if something big has shifted in your life and your priorities need to change. You just need to reimagine what success is for yourself uh, becoming overwhelmed. It could be that you're saying yes to too much and we need to focus on our priorities, accountability is a really important piece of this, is creating system of accountability and the different forms that that shows up in, and then have to acknowledge if we have some limiting beliefs.
1: Pop Popped in my head an additional tool. In fact, this is the most powerful tool that I have as a coach to offer for the people that I work with. Um, in terms of um, thinking back how we got off track, why we got off track, what's important. And that's journaling for, for people to, to write about how they feel about their goals and where they're at, whether they're ahead, on track, behind. Simply putting a pencil to paper saying, how am I feeling about this today? And being open to seeing what's coming out as you go can really help break through some of our, some of our limited beliefs because those patterns will begin emerging as you get in touch with what's inside here.
0: Mm. I know for me personally, no extra charge. Yeah. Right. For, for me personally, the reflection has been something that I've, I've become more and more fond of and do more and more frequently over time. Uh, and, it shifts at times depending on like how much complexity or how much change is going on in my personal life or how, how frequently I'll do it if it's a daily thing or weekly, but I never go more than a week without taking the time to hit pause and just getting some, some clarity and doing it in different forms and fashions to keep it fresh.
1: I think introspection is a dollar productive activity for most people and we need to create space for
0: it. Mm. Well said. So if we're, if we recognize that we're off track and it's you know, we can acknowledge there's some different reasons why it's okay either way but you know we're, we want to get reinvigorated what would you recommend for some things to think about or ways to get back on track
1: well the first thing i'd say is go ahead and figure out exactly what is going on meaning what is the gap between where you need to be and, and where you're at With as little emotion as possible, right? Just the facts, man. Um, Some people are overwhelmed or embarrassed or too frustrated to actually figure out what is the gap. Because almost always, this is May, we got two thirds of the year remaining. There's almost always a way to. Break that gold down into smaller bite-sized pieces and hunt it down by year end. If we look at, oh my goodness, it's 144 houses and I've sold 12, right? We're looking at a gap of 132. But if we're talking about 12 a month and now maybe I need to do 13 or 14 to catch up, and that's, that's true with finances or whatever. That could be true about weight. So the first thing is find out what the gap is. Be realistic about it and own it. Um, and as much as possible, give yourself some grace. Not excuses, but grace. And um, don't put on a cloak of shame about this. This is normal. It's what you're going to do about it that matters. Not
0: what happened, mm. so rec- yeah, recognize the gap and give yourself permission to just be where you are and keep making progress. and I think that's something that I know I have a tendency to do, and I see it uh, in many others is is to try to go for perfection instead of just making progress and having this like standard one of my core values is excellence, and I have a tendency mm-hmm. to sometimes recognize if it's if it's not the best that it can be it uh it can be off putting for me and you just need to recognize sometimes it's just better to make progress just just be better it doesn't have to be perfect
1: if in fact the standard is perfection then you're setting yourself up for failure if the standard is better than yesterday or constant improvement that's the standard most of us most of us can hit so figure out what it is you may want to get back in touch with um why it was important? Maybe this is the time that you need to get outside your normal work environment and re envision what accomplishing that goal could do. Right to reinvigorate some of that some of that emotion. Um, this might be an excellent time if you created the structure or your plan for goal achievement. This might be a great time to look around and see what existing models might be out there. People that have done what you intend to do, maybe you don't have to to be so creative or original. Um so you may want to try it your way yet again. <laughs> and when it when it when it yields you the same results again, maybe maybe there's a model that you can look to.
0: Well said you know that's something that that we we believe in. We call it moving from entrepreneurial to purposeful or E to P. And and part of that is saying like, the, what are some models that I can put in place to break through this kind of ceiling of achievement that I've had because I'm trying to repeat the same process. So leverage the, the, the strength, the knowledge of, of others and what models exist out there. And I think it's a great time to mention something that we're doing. So if, if you're, if you like the tools and the concepts behind the one thing we're, we're running a monthly workshop, we call the one thing foundations where we focus on, on three big categories, which are purpose, uh, priority and productivity. And purpose is the, is the why the the big, why are you setting the goals? It's going deeper on the goals that we, we set for ourselves as we talked about earlier. And one of these kind of root causes as why you may be off track is, it's going deep first, thinking about what's most important to you, like accomplish your core values. then, Using that to prioritize what you say yes to, the things that matter most uh, that are in alignment with your goals. And then finally, productivity. How do you stay on task over time? How do you stay productive to the goals that you set for yourself? And uh, Shuz, I know that you are heavily involved in the facilitation of, of that particular training. Is there anything that you'd offer that you think relates and would be valuable for someone who's trying to maybe reset, get back on track, um, what that could provide for them?
1: You bet. Um, most people don't need more information or new information or a new tool or a gizmo or a program or an app. Most people need better execution. And the one thing for me, I've, I've tried uh, many different systems. This is the best way for me to organize my work, my life, myself and to remain in what we call in relationship with us. So in a four-hour period, the reason I love the Foundations Workshop is we'll go back and re-cement some underlying philosophies that uh, most people hold about uh, time management that likely get into your way and, and will require some resistance to overcome. And then we talk about a structure for a, setting your goals, but B, revisiting them on a regular basis and in a format for doing so, so that a rhythm of accountability for the first time maybe ever begins to emerge. And it's that rhythm that will carry us to our goals rather than any superhuman effort that needs to take place. So um, I love that. Again, this is If something matters that much that you claim it as a goal, it's probably not a do-it-yourself kind of scenario, and you don't need to. And being in a community of other people that are going for it um, can also be very empowering, supporting, helpful, and motivating. When one person makes progress, it means that somebody else can. And if two can, four can. And anyone can. So. Awesome. I highly recommend and, and, and love that model and uh, love to be involved with it. My part is I share the tool called the 411, which is how we visit our goals on a weekly, monthly uh, basis so that we stay on track and how to use that as an accountability tool, both with yourself, your partner, your team, your organization.
0: And it's simple, and it needs to be. I mean, life life is already complex enough, right? There's so many competing priorities and distractions, and tools, and sit, all these things. It's just it's impossible to track it all. The last thing you need is a is a highly complicated process or system. It's it's meant to be simple. It's just a, a set of behavior, like awareness first, getting clear like what really matters to you and what do you want to accomplish. Like stress testing the the goal that you set and. And just using some simple processes and tools that are incredibly powerful to help you stay on task, like create this relationship with your goals. It's, it's having a, a period of reflection weekly and a place to capture this so you can stay accountable to yourself first, but leverage others to help be accountable, accountability partners for you uh, would be the next tier. And ultimately, having a, a coach would be the highest form of accountability if you're looking for that kind of, of focus and support but it's simple tools and processes over time that can just keep you on task and it's like we said sometimes it's it's just better than the day before right
1: better than the day before and there's going to be those times where you feel like you failed you lost the day you didn't win the day and if you can get up the next day and get back after it and get back on track that may be even better than if you'd nailed it the previous day because you learn you learn that failure um, isn't a negative, that it's evidence-gathering and motivation and a stepping stone for getting, getting yourself dusted off and, and moving forward again. Um, and sometimes it's just a little easier to do that
0: with someone else. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you're interested in getting this higher level of support and you want to check out the One Thing Foundations workshop that we're running monthly, uh, go to the com and check it out. If you enter promo code podcast, you'll get $100 off of that workshop. And we hope to see you there. But Shoes, I'm going to come back to you. And if you could have the listeners take away just one thing from the podcast today. What would you have them take away? A. Create your goals
1: uh, intentionally and regard them as sacred. Second, put a plan together that relies on the domino effect, the smallest bite-sized pieces as possible, and keep going. And finally. Learn to embrace accountability as necessary and positive and the most powerful thing that you can ask for as you go forward. Once you become the kind of person that fulfills promises, the promises that you make to yourself, your world will completely open up. And that won't happen easily. It is, in fact, simple, not easy. But if you'll keep going, you'll break through. I've seen it happen so many times. And that includes achieving this year's goals, even if you've fallen
0: behind. John, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast today. It was great talking to you. Uh, thanks for sharing all your wisdom and appreciate being here. Thanks much, it's been a ball. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's the number onecom to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.